In this episode of the RV Small Talk Podcast, we're going to hang out with our good friend Terry Lucas. Now, you may remember we've had her on before and we talked about all kinds of what to do when bad stuff happens to you kind of moments. And she is a full on resource on that front as she teaches CPR, first aid, AED and things like that. But she also has some thoughts on what you need to have with you in your first aid kit and how to prepare for traveling nowadays because the landscape has changed in the past year, year and a half. So let's get into that topic this time. This week's episode is brought to you by Truck Camper Magazine. Now, just because you're not into truck campers or you don't have a truck camper, you still need to go check out this website. They put out a weekly newsletter that is absolutely free and has tons of ideas, everything from storage to great mods and stories of great adventures that people are having in their truck campers. So truckcampermagazine.com. You can go ahead and sign up for their free weekly newsletter goes straight to your email and you can just learn everything about truck campers if you're starting to wonder about truck campers yourself if it's the right fit for you they have a guide for that something for everybody at truckcampermagazine.com you can also check them out on facebook at truck camper magazine Welcome to the RV Small Talk Podcast, where we talk about lightweight trailers, truck campers, and the people, places, and adventures that go along with them. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Lindsay. I'm Clint. And PJ is covering all the bases here at Princess Craft today. So she's actually not available on the microphone right now. She may pop in later. But thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Let's dive right on in. All right, it's been a year, year and a half since the last time we had you on board with us, And Terry. I'm still recovering. That's right. <laughs> I didn't realize I was that effective. I mean. <laughs> well, uh, you tell stories in a, in a way that is easy to learn from, which includes details. And... Lindsay can't handle first aid details. I like to think that I've grown up a little bit in the past year. So we'll see how good I do this yeah, time here's with your test. the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you have, who have not heard the episode that Terry was on before, you should one, go back and listen to it. We'll put right. it in the show notes. Um, but it's, you know, let's give like a general introduction of Terry and what she does. Well, basically, I teach first aid and CPR and AED use. Mm -hmm. I have my own company called Cardiac Lifesavers. Cardiac is spelled with a K because my son, Kevin Lucas, was 14 when he had a heart transplant and 15 when he went into sudden cardiac arrest and died. Mm -hmm. So we took his initials, KL, and named the company after Kevin, teaching in his honor and his memory, trying to save as many lives as possible. Yeah. And you've been doing this for how long? I've been teaching CPR since 1980, and uh, the business has been around for about 12 years now. Right, right. So on top of teaching for that long, you have a lot of firsthand experiences (laughs) with first aid and uh, CPR and things like that, so... I'm just really glad you're here. You're really fun to talk to, even if you kind of gross me out sometimes. (laughs) I do my best. It's so much fun to watch your face. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We have have a camera this time. (laughs) She's not even trying. Uh, (laughs) All right. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I, I... As I reached out to Terry for this year's installment of Podcasting with Terry, (laughs) um, 
we kind of kicked around some ideas, but one thing we would like to dive into just for preparing your RVing experience, being prepared for, for things, and because we have some experiences from weather and all that lately, let's talk about what should be on in your first aid kit. Just to kick it off, and we'll take conversation where it goes from there. Well, they've got great first aid kits that you can buy already prepared, but mm-hmm. I'm a more of a do-it-yourself person. Okay. And I grew up with my mom using a cosmetic bag as a first aid kit or a tackle what, box. Was it? Tackle box, was yes. Was it Avon calling? Was it maybe it's Maybelline? <laughs> Mary Kay? I, I think it was Samsonite. I'm not sure. <laughs> Samsonite. <laughs> way off. <laughs> but because it had all the little compartments right and like a tackle box is Mm -hmm. perfect um and that's what we used in our family we always had the tackle box okay how would how let's talk about do you can you remember what was in that because that was that was a 1960s (laughs) oh you're so kind (laughs) (laughs) you can see clint's face right now (laughs) (laughs) very kind um probably late 50s and 60s what what would she have put in her Um, her kit band-aids Okay. Um, burn ointment back at that time. It was called foil, F-O-I-L-E mm-hmm. or L-L-E. Um, that ointment was actually developed. I grew up in San Antonio. It was developed at Brook Army Medical as a burn ointment. And it was very effective. Yeah. I think you can still get it. Huh. But uh, my I'm brother pulled a cup of boiling or a pot of boiling water onto him. Here we go. And mom <laughs> put the foil all over his legs and he never scarred or anything. Wow. This is not an endorsement. It's just, right. just right. a story. It's just an experience. Yep, yeah. It's an experience. But she would have foil. She would have alcohol. She would have peroxide. She would have uh, cotton balls, uh-huh. um, hydrocodone, um Calamine or Caladrill. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always running through the bushes and getting bit or stung by something <laughs> right, that right, causes a rash. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ace bandages, triangular bandages. Uh-huh. Do you know that triangular bandages for Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts were developed so they could have them for first aid purposes? The, the, the what they carry around the bandanas? Yeah. The neckerchiefs. Yeah. yeah. The neckerchief. Mm-hmm. I did not. And cowboys with bandanas, the idea they were there for. First what? aid. I thought that that was so that they could ride into the dust storms and be banditos when they wanted to. The dust storms, yes. Now we have masks, though. So, you know, uh-huh, right. Which reminds me, when Kevin had his heart transplant, we got a pass to go out of the hospital, and so Kevin had his baseball cap, his sunglasses, and his mask on because he was immunosuppressed. Right. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him as we were getting ready to walk out the door of the hospital. I went, you know, Kevin. No, this was back in '92. We can't go anywhere near a bank or a convenience yeah, store. Yeah, I was about to say, let's just let's just <laughs> and rob now, a bank while we're at it. Now everybody's in a mask and sunglasses, right. so it's no right. big deal. It is kind of weird. And it's yeah, we haven't had too many scenarios where people have been taking advantage of the the ready made costume that we're all wearing. Yes, yes. So, so I mean, that sounds like the first aid kit I grew up with, like yeah. the you know. Just essentials. Mm -hmm. But I bet over, I don't know, the past 40, 50 years, first aid kits look different now. There are some major changes. You still need the basics like absorbent compresses, Mm -hmm. um, which if you don't happen to have one, you can and pretty much go Amazon and get all this stuff. But um, I prefer making my own kit, not the prepaid, because Mm -hmm. I know what I use most of. That makes sense. Somebody asked me once, um, why did you become a first aid instructor? I said, for kids, Mm -hmm. self-defense. Head wounds. You know, you you just they do it. They fall. They cut their head open. Especially my son. 
he's t- his head is huge. His legs are spindly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, he's always like face first diving. Well, their the heads ground. are so heavy. Mm-hmm. They, they're off balance. Yeah. He's like the opposite of a weevil wobble. Yeah. yeah. No, he, yeah, he doesn't continuously stand up. He just goes down. <laughs> But he gets back. I love that video. I love that video of him just walking off the chair and going headfirst into the ground, and then he just like stands up and laughs, and then like climbs back on the chair and does it again. (laughs) I'll show you later, Terry. It's (laughs) absolutely adorable. Anyway, so uh, absorbent compresses for big bleeding wounds, um, adhesive bandages. We call those band aids. Mm -hmm. Um, Adhesive tape roll to tape on. You know, sometimes on certain places you can put a band aid on, but it's not going to stick. So I'll right. over tape it right. to keep it there. And some of these new band-aids have actually have antiseptic on the pad. In the little right. pad, I've uh-huh. seen those. That's cool. Because sure. that saves you some time and effort. Of course, always wash with soap and water before you put on anything. I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. Do you know the best way to take off a band-aid? With fire. <laughs> That's not a trick question. I'm asking, do you know any tricks? Because my kids won't put band-aids on because they're too scared of taking them off. Uh, that's me as well. Because if you buy those good Band-Aids, uh-huh. they don't just like don't soak like off that. with water. No, no. You have to just rip them off. And my kids are just like, no, I don't need a Band-Aid. And I'm like, but you're bleeding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you have any tricks? Quick. Yeah, cool. That's what I've been yeah. doing. <laughs> so they tried that with me on my last surgery in Houston. Oh. And and I have hairy arms. And that was by far the worst part of the entire surgery mm-hmm. experience. Right. Recovery and everything. Getting the bandages off, you know, whenever they they put a little pick line in your arm and all that. Mm-hmm. That was the worst part of the experience by far. I feel like I'm traumatizing my kids because they won't, they'll have wounds and they'll be like, no, I don't no want band-aid. that. I'm, to- I'm too scared because mm-hmm. I know it's going to have to come off. Well, I just buy the uh, gentle band-aids now. Uh, they make gentle band-aids? They make, gen- well, for us older folks with tender skin and it, you know, I just just scrape my arm along a chair and rip my skin. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old age right. sucks. But anyway, they do have gentle band aids that we really do come off um, a lot more easily. Too no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to be interrupting you a lot. I'm That's sorry. fine. <laughs> That's the way this works. Um, and your antibiotic treatments, your antiseptic wipes and towelettes, uh, roller bandages. And your four by fours or two by twos, two by twos are pretty useless. What are we useless. building forts now? Um, no, this uh, is. You're hurt. Let's build a hospital for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're raise that a doctor. A <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and hey, the squares, the yeah. absorbent squares, two by twos, four by fours. Okay. Just keep them. And the thing about having a um, first aid kit that you're building on your own is you can buy all of this stuff in gross quantity and then just restock sure so it's not like going to ha- having to go out and buy you're sourcing it every- yourself yeah and and what and if you're an rv or you're planning your rv first aid kit well if you have a household l- supply mm-hmm. that is like you're saying to, to buy in bulk mm-hmm. then you're really supplying every place that you're going to be your mm-hmm. household your rv uh you have something in your cars i always recommend a first aid kit in the car mm-hmm. always yeah so it's it, true because that's when my kids get hurt is when we go to the park. Right. Mm-hmm. Or when we're at a friend's house or. If I'm if I'm changing a tire, I'm going to come back bloody. It just happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I cut myself on. Gross. Happens every time. Clint, that's the truth. I'll look down and. So there's something sharp and I don't know what it is, but, but I, I always scrape it. touching it. <laughs> well, that and you're so busy, you out and you keep going and mm-hmm. you look back and you've left a trail of blood and it's like. Right. 
I don't remember how that happened. You guys bleed way too much. Well, <laughs> or the the last time I was coming back from Colorado and, and you know, it's a long trip back and I just got out to check something. It was windy and the door slammed on my thumb. Ow. Ow. And, and, and it happened at such a place that, my, you know, I was just stuck there. The door had me held <laughs> and I was looking in the window at my daughter when it happened. <laughs> and then I still stuck i go back and i tap on the window and look at my wife through the window and she's like what i'm like (laughs) pointing at my thumb (laughs) and i open the door slowly (laughs) like let's see how this goes yeah that was a that was an event i remember that yeah actually yep yep i remember you came in and showed us and i almost hit you Mm -hmm. you remember (laughs) such sympathy is your thumbnail still messed up no it's it's good it's good it's it's there it's it's not even a prosthetic so gross. <laughs> I uh, remember the kids were getting out of the car, Kevin and Heather, and we had a sliding door on the van. Oh, those things actually scare me because they can go. And it wasn't automatic. It was you had to, and it was a heavy van. Uh-huh. But once it starts going. <laughs> and one of them shut. And, and another Kevin's one had their had hand. Had the thumb. And, yeah. Ah! And a kid shuts it with with aplomb. I with mean, gusto. Like, and the yeah. problem was I had trained the kids when we get out of the car, you lock the door. <gasps> so not only was it stuck, the door was locked. Yeah. So I'm getting out of the driver's seat and they're screaming and hollering, what's wrong? Kevin's thumb stuck in the door. Ah. Well, open the door. Ah. It's locked. Yes. So then I had to come around, use the key, open the door, get his thumb out. You know, I have never slammed a finger in the door. Ever. Uh, I think I can remember three instances myself. I've never done it. And I'm just waiting and now for I'm my gonna kids. probably do it today. <laughs> now that I've said that. My caution mm-hmm. is always respect the wind because that's when it happens to me. Respect the wind. Respect the wind. Respect the door too. The yeah. garage door got just, me. Just oh, respect everything. Door. No, the one into the house, not the big one. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> like yeah, the one into the house. And it has like, Terry, metal. That has a track and wheels. <laughs> like, that's that's going to cut you. And a sensor. <laughs> the the weather stripping on this door is metal strips. Mm-hmm. And yeah, between the cuts on both sides of the finger and mm-hmm. the smash. <laughs> Number two. All right, I'm taking a tally okay. here. <laughs> well, the first one was fake. That was a practice. <laughs> Let's go back into okay. your first aid kit, Terry. <laughs> burn dressings. You want to have something, you know, in case there's a burn that first you want to cool it with water mm-hmm. and then something sterile and clean yeah. to put over it. Yeah. So do you have a few different types of burn dressings, like for different events, like black tie? (laughs) I I like formal. Yes. Formal themes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when you say cool it, do you mean strap an ice pack to it? No, no ice. Cool water. That's what I did to my little sister. And you mean cool water as in cool water, not the men's cologne. Clint. There is a men's cologne called Cool. Yes. Oh, yes, there is. It was very popular when I was yeah, right. That's I way back. Know very that. young. Nineties. <laughs> yeah. Nineties no. top of the line. The alcohol in that? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh no, no, no. Your your screaming smells so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just cool it down with water and then a dry compress. If it's a really bad burn, you don't even want to put ointment on it. You want to cover it. Yeah. protect it from infection and fluid loss yeah. and get them to the hospital. Really bad burns turn into open wounds so easily. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm always terrified about is, I mean, it may look like, okay, this is, this is bad, 
But if you brush against it versus being very careful and laying a dry compress mm-hmm. over it and lifting a dry compress mm-hmm. off, you can very easily turn it into something very gaping yeah. and terrifying. Well, they have nonstick dressings. So they're coated so it won't stick to the mm-hmm. skin. So when you take it off, it doesn't pull skin <laughs> off. I think burns are a good thing to discuss because if we're talking about camping, I think burns are probably one of the most common things to happen while you're camping because, well, fire. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And cooking when the wind and mm -hmm. I mean, all of it. And a lot of the cookware that we use. I mean, it's not our our kitchen that we kind of can work our way around almost with our eyes shut almost. We're used to that space. We're used to our pots and pans. But but cookware, when when you're in a camper or around a campfire, is everything's more exposed. Every, the sizes are different, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of oftentimes metal involved unless you've upgraded to the mm-hmm. silicone products. Well, just the elemental factors of like, mm-hmm. yeah, you turn around and some something's there. The wind blows right. and knocks this over, and even just making campfires. Sure. I'm not. I'm not good at making campfires. Right. I would totally burn myself just trying to start a fire. That would be me. And it's so easy to not realize what is hot versus what isn't. Right. You know, a stick on the edge, you go grab it to toss it further in. It may be burning inside or underneath. So on that point, okay, you talked about different kinds of burns. Can we talk real quick about how do I know if I need to address the burn this way and how do I know if I need to address the burn that way? Like, can I tell just by looking at it? If it's just red, like a bad sunburn or Uh a heat burn, cool it with water. Those you could use an ointment on. If it blisters, that's a second degree. You do not want to pop the blisters. Again, protect it. You might need medical help for a second degree. If it's a third degree where you've actually lost skin tissue and there's charred skin around it, um, that's uh, cool it, seal it with a nonstick dressing, and, and head to the hospital and get there, or call nine one one if yeah. you're home mm-hmm. or something. But that one you can't play with. The thing with burns, your biggest risk is loss of body fluid and infection. Yeah, yeah. loss of body fluid because the, when the skin is burned, the body's reaction is to bring blood and fluid to that area. Anytime you're injured, mm-hmm. that's why you get a bruise. The blood rushes to that area to protect which means it's not anywhere else in my body hopefully you've got enough yeah oh yeah i I don't know i don't understand how the body works Uh, (laughs) you're constantly making blood okay in your bone marrow so (laughs) there's always a supply unless you've got a real open wound which brings us to making sure you have a tourniquet in your first aid kit Mm -hmm. and you can actually make that with a triangular bandage right um or a belt Mm mm-hmm uh, nothing smaller than um, an inch and a half, two inches. Otherwise, you turn. Uh, you're going to cut something. You're going to turn it point. into. Well, you are, but you're going to cut into the skin. Yeah. You're going to complicate everything. But yeah, if you're bleeding heavily and you can't stop it, then you definitely want a tourniquet. The store bought I got through Amazon, mm-hmm. and um, it's just like a belt. Mm-hmm. And it's got a loop. You pull it through. It's Velcro. And then it's got the windlass, which is the little piece that you that's, twist. That's right. That's I do remember that you when I, in our first down. aid class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is cool. So use a tourniquet anytime you're bleeding and you don't stop. It, you can't stop it. Okay. The best way, thing to stop uh, bleeding is direct pressure. Now, in talking about bleeding, they have a new product. Um, uh, what's, it's the dressing itself is coated with a clotting agent. 
and you put that over the wound and it's uh, quick clot or there's other names and it actually starts coagulation right there at the wound. Oh, so it teams up with what your body's trying to do. Right. Because your body's trying to clot it as well. But um, but with this on the uh, being applied to it on the other side, it's kind of a double effort. Right. But the, the direct pressure is the most important part. Mm-hmm. Plus that clotting agent helps slow it down. Now, if that doesn't work and you're still bleeding, then you go to tourniquet the tourniquet. time. Exactly. Tourniquet time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not really something you sing about, but... Hi, I'm Lindsay. I sing I everything. I feel like I feel like there's some com- comedy sitcom out there waiting for tourniquet time. Tourniquet time. I can't stop bleeding. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> so I'm just breathing into the microphone. Just, just write the show, Lindsay. Just, just okay, go for it now. Okay. <laughs> Casting available on my website, tourniquettime.com. Yeah, there it is. And we'll wait. For, don't don't worry about it. We have to do this with our phones all the time. So well, I had it on. Do you need to call somebody back? Is my daughter called, but I'll call her back. It's just I had it on silent, and it's not, and I don't understand. I, just, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why a lot of that. Okay, another thing you want to think about is poisoning, because okay. if you're out somewhere and the kids get into and my daughter gets mad at me mm-hmm. and poisons you, um, she well, would, she wouldn't. She's five. People don't be that concerned about. Well, me. my son actually told me the other day while we were camping that see those berries on that tree and i said yeah and we've talked before like just don't eat anything mm-hmm. you know off the tree um he said do you see those berries mama and i said yes and i said what do you think they are he said if you eat them it turns you into a blueberry like on willy wonka so like he is I mean, watching willy wonka yeah and mm-hmm. that's just i guess since the berries looked like blueberries mm-hmm. he made that connection and i kind of laughed but yeah uh kids have weird imaginations yeah. and they might wander off and think this looks exactly like what I eat at home. So full why wouldn't adult, I eat it? Yeah. Full grown adults are going to be thinking this too. So, uh, it's not just, okay. So, so what do we do? Well, you want to have poison control center on your speed dial yeah. on your cell phone because you can call them and tell them what it is and what it looks like, or even take a picture and send it yeah. to them and they can advise you. I've wondered about them. Do they do they have like this really cool software system where where you just they say start describing this to me and it and they can they have a resource that just kind of goes through everything and pulls it up. On yeah, the screen. well, in a way, yes. I have never been to the or poison control called Google, or, or is it a big like <laughs> encyclopedia? They're like, hold on, and they start flipping pages. You can hear no, them. On the it's other called one. Google. You just type in like. Central Texas. Yeah, I don't know. I've Googled large. and WebMD has killed me so many times and yet I'm still here. <laughs> Google, not WebMD. Well, Google serves up WebMD. Yeah, I know. Ignore it. Ignore yeah. it. So so tell us more. So I may have shared this last time, but I was uh, with my son and a neighbor's kid and they were eating leaves mm-hmm. off a tree. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, they were playing. Um, Dinosaur? No, they were actually playing <laughs> oh, ice cream truck. In the oh. putting the leaves in the back of the big wheel and then pretending it was ice cream. All right. So I, I like I like the imagination though. I know. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Thank you. They're committed. So, <laughs> no, I'm the one. No. Uh, there's a, a called poison control and said, There's this tree, here's the name of the tree, and they go, 
got to get them to throw up because it's a, a poison. The longer it stays in their system, the more damage it's going to cause to their uh, the lining of their stomach. The, and no, everything. it was oh, more. Nerve. It was nerve. the more nerve system, the nervous it's a system. It was a neurotoxin, and it would affect the brain pretty quickly. So they told me step by step, how do I go to get how them to I throw make up? Epicac. Not uh, anymore. I know. I you know. You can't find just it kidding. anymore. Yeah, but don't that, use Epicac. Back then, that's what it was. But you had to get them to drink eight glasses of water before. So the neighbor's kid threw up on the second glass. My kid. Held on to it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Worked for it. Fortunately, they hadn't eaten them. They hadn't swallowed them. Okay. So, but I swear by poison control. Uh, when because, my, you, I'm sorry, you said that they said, told you to have them throw up, but the reason why you need to call them is because some things that would make it worse correct? exactly like a petroleum product if you if you swallow gasoline or something that burns going down it'll uh, burn coming up exactly that's number uh, three Lindsay. that's number four Lindsay. and that's when you want to coat the stomach and they'll tell you you know what to use to have them to swallow to coat the stomach and the esophagus hmm. and get them to care or sending yeah. ambulance right now yeah uh, charcoal is something they use yes. to help coat mm-hmm. and, yeah. and absorb the poison that's in the stomach before it can do a whole lot of damage. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> taken Bless charcoal, you. but charcoal is hard to swallow. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so difficult. No, knock on wood, I've never had that experience. You it's, don't want it. Yeah, it's not easy. That'll teach you not to eat leaves. <laughs> <laughs> or anything else. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so triangular bandages. Mm-hmm. I love them. You can't have too many. When uh, they're clean, you can use them directly on the wound as a dressing. Then you can take another one and make it a tie to tie the dressing on. Mm -hmm. And you can use it for splinting, Mm -hmm. uh, tying a splint on, which is another thing you can have. I was Googling splints, and they have all kinds. You can have some that roll out and then form to the the arm or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you have to have something... That, to still you got to tie. tie it on mm-hmm. yeah uh, a roller bandage might work um an ace bandage sure. or your triangular bandages yeah um if you have a, an injury like you suspect a broken leg and you don't have a splint long enough for that put something between the legs and use the good leg as the splint right. for the bad leg and then take your triangular bandages mm-hmm. and tie them together do you know the most common fractured bone in the body okay mm, hold on i feel like i should know this i know let's guess uh, uh, pinky finger. Nope. Uh, little toe. Because <laughs> it's what I kick the most. <laughs> your nose? No. No, that's just me. Oh. Uh, uh, Collarbone. Collarbone? Yes. No. Ding, 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 I ding, was ding, hoping ding. you weren't say that. Most common uh, fracture. Really? Yes. I don't know why. I don't I know why. Like, like, I, I feel on. like hurting your collarbone would be so much more painful than any other bone. And I've broken Just a because lot of, of the bones. Movement of it. But thinking about breaking my collarbone or my nose are the two that make me go. Ugh. It is. What the are we most. at? Five, six. I don't know. Just give up. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> it is the most common. So here's your triangular bandage. You don't want to move that bone, so you can splint the arm, mm-hmm. and then. Tie, maybe you may need two triangular bandages together. And then you do tie around the torso, around the torso to hold the upper arm to the chest. Right. Your body. So you can't move, and that's not going to move that bone. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. 
Yeah, Absolutely. I've had a lot of experience with that on both the older boys. I don't want to. Are they collarbone breakers? Uh, yeah, one did both of them at one time. And they're musicals, so that should be their band. <laughs> the collarbone breakers. breakers. <laughs> I'm trying to cover my ears, but it's just pressing my headphones closer and making me louder. <laughs> I, I must admit, though, one of them, when he we got him back from the hospital and he's in his brace and everything, and he wants to lie down and go to sleep, I said, you'll probably want to lie down at an angle let me mm -hmm. slope this no no i want to lie down so it's going to be a little difficult going down yeah. and getting up you're going to learn a lesson so he lies down <laughs> and he can't get back up yeah so let me so i got it a, a special one of those pillows that are like a wedge, -shaped, a wedge pillow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i helped him up i put it back and he gently laid, and i said now isn't that better yes you mom listen to mom <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness Eye coverings. You want to keep some eye coverings in your first aid kit because you could splash something or mm -hmm. the wind blows something in your eye and scratches yes. your eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's something that's very common in those ready to made, ready to Maybe use so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, first and aid it's kits. amazing how horrific a scratch on your eye can be. Mm -hmm. you, like you think there's not much feeling on your eye. I've <gasps> known people who have scratched their eye and it's bad for a long time uh, when i was first wearing contacts back then they were hard contacts yeah i remember waking up in the middle of the night trying to take the contact out of my eye yeah I because already, you, fall, you fall asleep with them no i'd already done it oh i'd already done <gasps> so it. you're just digging in your eye for nothing and it hurt so bad that that's the first thing i thought and somehow i had scratched the cornea <sighs> and the pain was horrific mm -hmm. so we went to the doctor he examined yep and you just have to let it heal. My eyes are wandering. Just think about. <laughs> so you want to cover it up. But to make it really rest, you also have to cover the other eye because our eyes track together. Mm. And so basically, I had to blindfold myself for 24 hours to let it heal. Wow. So an eye covering with something. And you can buy these eye pads mm -hmm. and then they have a little adhesive strip that mm -hmm. you put it on and then put that strip yeah. over it to hold it in place but i would also recommend if it's a serious injury to make sure the other eye is right. covered as well i think that that's something with anything that is broken or sore to remember how connected the whole body is Good you're point. stabilizing mm -hmm. one side but if, it, if it's a like a pull side of a bone you know you're you're pulling your hand to you you might need to pay attention to the extend side too in stabilization mm -hmm. because it's all tied together um and that's what, like if you have a front torso injury you might need to pay attention to the back torso mm -hmm. as well just just because movement is and it's all connected mm -hmm. just a it's kind of like when you go to the gym and you exercise and you find muscles you didn't know you you had from yeah. uh, an exercise what is this gym you speak of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, something i've heard of uh, <laughs> so what would you do in this instance because i i may have had an experience with this instance in my eyes uh i took out my glasses and i was going to put on my contacts i'm not the world's best at putting my contacts in and i don't wear them that often i do more now because i hate how wearing a mask and having glasses fogs up mm -hmm. but uh, a year or so ago i took off my glasses put them down i'm so nearsighted i don't even can't see where i put them down so I get a contact and I need to clean it. I grab the nearest contact cleaner that is on the counter and I put it on there and then I go to stick in my eye. Fire. Yeah, it was the cleaner, not the solution. It, yeah, it's because at the time, Laura was wearing hard contacts. So she has that, that cleaner that you're not supposed to put in your eyes, yeah. enzymatic or whatever. Whatever it was, it lit me up. Yeah. And I 
So what 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 to do with Formize then? You can use an eye wash or you can actually use the contact solution. The right contact the, solution. Yeah, not, not the, the cleaner. Re- yeah, what I had what I grabbed was the red cap. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Don't grab the red cap, folks. I've done that. As a matter of fact, I used to keep them side by side in the medicine cabinet. Yeah. And I did it so many times that I moved it away so I wouldn't accidentally grab mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But you can use the eye, uh, the contact solution mm-hmm. and use that as a rinse or an eye wash, or you can buy an eye wash solution. Yeah. I just went fails. to the bathtub, put my whole face underwater. That's what, it, yeah, and, tap water. Uh, I, was, I was waterboarding myself yeah. for the sake of saving <laughs> my eyes because it burned so bad. It is. My sinuses cleared out. It was My ears were ringing. It was, cleared it was, up the acne, that's, everything. That's right. That's right. I was bleach blonde. No. That's a little too far. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. It hurts. Yeah. But yeah, tap water if you don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So eye coverings in your first aid kit. What's next? Um, chewable low-dose aspirin. Ooh. Like baby aspirin. If someone's having heart. Flintstones aspirin? If it's, if it's 81 <laughs> milligrams. Okay. I don't know. I haven't looked at Flintstones mm-hmm. aspirins. Flintstone uh, doesn't have aspirin. Yeah, I know. It's... It, I went with Oversight. it. I haven't had kids, little <laughs> kids in a while. Don't listen to him. Um, but Bear uh-huh. uh, actually puts out a low dose chewable orange flavored aspirin. Mm-hmm. So buy a pack of that, stick it in your first aid kit. Um, and that's in case you and somebody's having a heart attack. If they're experiencing chest pain. Ex- absolutely. And you, know, you could be sitting around the campfire with a bunch of other RVers and mm-hmm. some guy or girl is complaining. Give them a, it's not going to hurt them, but make sure they chew it. I was teaching one class and this gentleman said my wife was having chest pain and I called 911 and asked, they asked, did you give her an aspirin? He goes, yeah. Said, did she chew it up? No, she just swallowed it. Give her another one. Make her chew it up because it gets into the system faster. Way right. faster. Right. And I've heard of some tablets that are actually supposed to be like put underneath your tongue because of how fast it can yeah. enter your system underneath the tongue. Nitroglycerin is often administered that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that's how I take it. Right. <laughs> that's how I take it. Yeah. That, yeah. I kid you not. I, All right. Same here. Um, sugar packets or flavored sugar drinks. See, now you're just talking my language. For the bees? <laughs> No, hummingbirds. Yeah, for a diabetic, a diabetic emergency. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. A diabetic bee. Possibly, they are having issues now. I saw where you should cut oranges and set them out for the bees. Yeah, that works for like an hour, and then you know what happens? The ants find it, oh. and then the bee comes to land on it, and the ants get the bee. Okay, glad I didn't do that. Yeah, the more what, you what, know. What they really need is just a. Just a little thing. I, I love bees. Okay. So you need like a, a shallow dish and get some sugar and dissolve it in some water, but then put like some stones in it and set that out. So they can stand on the stones? Yes, because bees cannot stand on water like other bugs. So they need something to stand on to drink the water. Okay. In my mind, this is adorable. And the ants won't find it and the bees will drink it and it will help them. Okay. okay. I can do that. PSA. I can do that. <laughs> All and, right. And, <laughs> that's a, and that's an interesting, fun thing to do while you're camping. So there you go. Yes, folks. It it's is. a camping activity. Yeah. Oh, what save the bees. Hmm? What happens when you leave? The bees are looking for your sugar water. Well, they'll find. They're pretty good they'll at finding find resources. Some more. So yeah, <laughs> we're just helping them out. Okay. Um, tweezers. Yes. Uh, my kid is a. My kid a is a magnet? splinter magnet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last two camping trips we've been on, uh, me and my mother had to pull out at least four splinters. Wait, wait, wait. 
your boy or your girl? My boy, Hawk, for sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he for just freaks out and it takes 20 minutes to convince him that we can just get it out and then it... But yes, we need a good pair of tweezers. Mm-hmm. I yeah. also keep like an old hat pin or I actually have needles from syringes mm-hmm. because they got out. that beveled edge. Okay. And you can slide it right under. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I'll go find me an alleyway and get me some. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she made that noise too. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Bonus points. <laughs> okay. So um, what else? Gloves. Always a good Gloves. idea. And if you can, non-latex because you don't know who's allergic you don't know who's allergic yeah and they mm-hmm. may not know who's allergic exactly yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> very that, true you find out the wrong way sometimes yeah you don't want <laughs> that's not a good thing um i see on here butterfly closures and you talked a little bit about that before mm-hmm. so same with the burns how do i as like joe schmo know when to use a butterfly enclosure and when to like get out my sewing kit (laughs) and i want to dive into the sewing kit thing more after the butterfly discussion (laughs) butterfly closures when you can pull the two edges of the skin together because that's what they're going to do that's what they're for Uh they're like steri strips Mm -hmm. or you know when you go to the doctor you have surgery sometimes they don't sew you up yeah, they staple you. They staple you or they steri strip you <laughs> or nowadays they glue you. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and so I'm it doesn't not, matter how deep the wound is or how big it is. Yes, it's it more, does. Okay. Yes, it does. If it's really deep, just, just, butterflies aren't going to work for you. <laughs> and if it's on a, a fleshy, fatty part, it may be a little harder to close. They may need stitches. Okay. But if you can just kind of pinch mm-hmm. it together, then just butterfly closures. Yeah. Um, after my, soap and water. Yeah, after cleaning. My daughter was at a friend's house. And we were visiting, and the back of the swing on the back porch fell off. Uh, and, of course, she went down. Uh, and on the top of her head, you know, got a little right. inch gash. And so... But head wounds are so messy. They bleed. Well, you've got so many little blood vessels in Capillaries there. In but there. they're also the scariest. Like, they're the ones where people tend to, like, freak out right. a lot more. Yeah, some people. I mean, I do. I do. <laughs> it's your head. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound, but it's your head. Flesh I wound. know, but like that's where your brain is. <laughs> it's pretty well protected too. Yeah. So um, my neighbor's like going, ah, and I said, okay, I need a razor, soap and water, you alcohol, start with razor. <laughs> and and yeah. I need um, medical tape because mm-hmm. I didn't think she'd have butterfly closures. So we go to the bathroom, shave her hair right at that area, wash her off, put the antiseptic on, and then I made my own butterfly closures. Mm-hmm. You know, you just take the, the tape and you cut two little V's on either side. So there's a very narrow uh, margin there on the right. middle of the tape. And then just pull those edges together. Then we band-aided it and she was fine. She went out and played. Yeah. Kids are resilient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you can get past the fear. Oh, yeah. Or, or if you can get past what a parent's fear does to the kid yeah, <laughs> yeah. because we set them off as yeah. parents don't freak out don't yeah. freak out <laughs> right um if you can pass that man they just they're okay. like hey, everything's fine i really want to play now yeah stop it i want to play <laughs> i um had an example of that because when you're talking parents fear you can get into shock psychological shock the kids are already going into shock a little bit but when the parent comes in they can compound it when we were stationed in germany a uh, gentleman was coming back to the states and they have war games over there so they're issued ammunition but it's mm-hmm. not full 
weaponry, ammunition, mm-hmm. but it has a kick. Right. Well, instead of turning in his leftover oh, ordnance, he no. put it in the dumpster. And one of the kids in the housing area pulled it out. And this was a kid that my oldest son knew. My oldest son was like seven at the time. And so I'm in the apartment visiting with my neighbor, and we hear boom, like a loud firecracker. And then this kid starts screaming. And so I told my friend, first aid kits in the closet, bring it out. I'm going to go see what's going on. And I came out the door, and he came around the far end of the building screaming. And I hadn't had a first aid class for 15 years when this happened. And I ran up and saw him, and he's screaming, my hand, my hand. He had pulled the the pin on a booby trap flash simulator, which is like a grenade. <sighs> And he had lost the tops of these three fingers. There was this white bloom showing. And his palm was all puffed and black from the burn. And he had shrapnel wound to his forehead. I think I remember this story. (laughs) It's all coming back to me. (laughs) And so I treated it. But his mom, somebody gone up and got his mom and told him he'd blown his hand off. And she came tearing hysterical. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her, and I had fixed his wound with butterfly closures. I had covered his hand. There was no blood there. He was physically, he was not in any major shape or problem, but he was going into shock. Mm -hmm. And so she came running up and I looked at her and said, stop. I said, you've got to be calm. If you can't be calm, I can't have you here. Mm -hmm. And she took a breath and she sat down next to me and we're both talking him down. Breathe with me, because he was hyperventilating. Look in my eyes, breathe with me. And the ambulance finally came and took him and they got him to the clinic, and they had to give him IV because he was in shock, and right. he had to restore his, right. bl- his fluid level and took him to the major hospital. But he had no life-threatening injuries. He had life-threatening shock. Yeah. That's interesting that shock alone can be the determining factor of making it or not. Mm-hmm. That's so wild. Well, so, it's all, yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. it's all connected, and your mm-hmm. nervous system is just listening to everything else mm-hmm. and just... It'll freak out on you. Right. So being out somewhere, you see something bad, you're going to have to control yourself as well. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to bring it down and then be there for them and keep them calm. Mm -hmm. Because you may do all the first aid stuff and then have troubles with shock. I think that's something I probably need to work on. Well, here's the thing. Another (laughs) thing that you did is by calming her down and then bringing her in, it became more of a team effort. Because Mm -hmm. you were also dealing with the trauma of seeing this and dealing with it. And now it becomes a little bit more of a shared load. So if you do have someone who can help share the emotional Mm -hmm. load that is shock of seeing this go down, that can totally help. Yeah. You know, being in it together is way better than... Yeah, I'd covered his hand, so she didn't see anything at that point, which helped her remain calm, too. Yeah, that makes sense. One other thing I want to talk about, because we are talking about camping scenarios, is um, both uh, being overheated or being dehydrated and also hypothermia, kind of the extremes with weather because Mm -hmm. we're out camping. Um, what are some of the just basic signs of both and the first steps we should do in both scenarios? Well, and we just did that here in Texas where we right. couldn't get water and it we was were cold. Cold. <laughs> right. So, go, so, yeah, riff on that. Well, interestingly, hypo and hyperthermia have very similar symptoms. Uh, a lot of it's confusion, not being able to coordinate and talk. I'm hypothermic right now. <laughs> well, there are, you know, other oh, causes. Sorry. 
You're so cute. <laughs> is um, cute the word? Is that the word? <laughs> Aren't you sweet, you hypothermic little person? <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Hypothermia looks so good on yeah, you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but um, hypothermia is life-threatening in that the the body is cooling down and losing the ability to produce heat and mm-hmm. keep the, the organs going. Um Frostbite might be one of the first signs or may not. Frostbite is when the skin looks waxy and white and becomes very hard. That's because the cells in the body are freezing. The cells are full of fluid. The fluid freezes. The cells die. Um, But you don't want to, if someone is hypothermic, you don't want to shock them. You want to warm them, bring them back as quickly as possible but warm them gently don't let them get near a fire they can't feel if they're frostbite or if they're right because the the body is reacting to trying to keep the internal organs warm and, and they may want to be right at that fire yeah so you got to watch them wrap them in blankets if their clothes are wet get them out of wet clothes uh wrap them in warm clothes and blankets and set them near the fire near heat mm-hmm. but keep an eye on them uh hyperthermia they, especially if they're dehydrated, that's going to be even twice the problem. You want to get them cooled off quickly. If possible, immersion in a pool or a lake or cool water. If that's not possible, a shower. If that's not possible, cold rags, especially around the neck, the groin, the mm-hmm. wrist, anywhere the blood travels closest to the skin, mm-hmm. you want to have a cold pack there mm-hmm. because as the blood flows past that cold skin it cools it'll cool off and take it to the rest of the body exactly i i know um dehydration is a big problem here in texas it's so hot here in Mm -hmm. the summer and people try to go camping and i know that you know if you're already thirsty um then it's too late or not you know but you're already starting to not have enough water and it's hard to carry enough water if you're going on a hike or you know going here i know a lot of times i've been like i don't want to carry this big heavy cup so i'll just drink some water and then leave it there but i i mean i think that affects people in the summer in texas Mm -hmm. especially more than almost anything else is dehydration so just don't and i'd like to think that's one thing that i have my kids actually carry especially Mm -hmm. with your kids Uh for sure because your kids won't say oh i'm thirsty you know i just have mine won't i just drink more drink Mm -hmm. more (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i carry water with me whenever we go on a little excursion Mm -hmm. from the rv or whatever but i like to have my kids have their own mm-hmm. water with them as well because i feel like you can be responsible for your own self but it's also learning yes yeah carry your water and it'll get lighter if you drink it that's so right drink it. yeah that's right <laughs> when i take the grandkids just for a two mile walk to the park and back mm-hmm. we all have water yeah. mm-hmm. always yeah i like to stop at every house on the way and just use their faucet <laughs> mm-hmm. and just to see if their hose water tastes the same if they are hypothermic i mean hyperthermic sorry and you want to uh, restore their electrolytes because they're also dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So a sports drink, something with electrolytes and sugar in it is sure. the best thing. Okay. Uh, but to keep, mm-hmm, but to keep <laughs> them from dehydration, water's always the best. Absolutely. Uh, should people have in their first aid kit something like salt tablets? 
salt there, tablets? There are no recommendations that I've seen for that. Okay. It's mostly they push more toward the Gatorade for the electrolytes and not just sodium replacement, mm-hmm. but the whole gamut because you're going to get cover everything with something like that. I know that. factory workers way back in the day, they were they would take a, a salt tablet in the morning every day. But remember, salt can dehydrate too. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want that alone that I'm aware of. I'm okay. not a doctor. Well, so they weren't back know. then either. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would I would go more toward the sports drinks or just water. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. What are we missing? Because we, we I don't think we've even made it down to halfway through your bullet points here. <laughs> well, cold packs, like okay. we said, for hyperthermia. Now, cold packs can be the store bought where you sma- smash them and then they mm-hmm. the chemicals released. It gets mm-hmm. cold. Uh, thank you. The other thing could be just a plastic bag for ice and ice and water. When you put water in with it it's a little bit more pliable especially if you've got a sprain strain or possible break okay and you want to ice that down uh you also want to use ice on bee stings bug bites um but not on snake bites snake bites no constricting bandages or anything just calm them down and get help okay um if you can identify the snake that'll help because there's so many that aren't venomous right but if you can't um you can always maybe take a picture but the first the priority is getting the person to safety away from Mm -hmm. the snake and not let them get into hysterics and right keep them calm right you want to keep that blood flow we don't put any constricting bandages our butt if they say they got bitten on the arm make sure you remove any jewelry or any tight fitting Uh, things because of swelling have you ever been bitten by a snake uh, no, he let me know where he was. We were walking through the wilderness at Gila Bend, and I was like fourth person or fifth person in line. And by the time I got to this one spot he in the mad. path, <laughs> he had coiled, and he was letting us know he was there. Yeah. And my little brother was behind me, and I yelled, snake, and I went that way, and he pushed everybody back that yeah. way. There you go. Yeah. That's as close as I've ever gotten or ever want to get. As much as we've mentioned ice, do you put uh, some barrier between the ice and the skin? Thank you. Yes. A towel always. You never put ice directly on the skin. And also when using those chemical cold packs, if you're holding it on someone, you put the towel down, you put the ice pack on them. Make sure you protect your hand. Mm -hmm. My daughter was a cheerleading coach and she had a girl injure her shoulder. And she put the towel and put the ice pack on her. But she held the ice pack on mm-hmm. herself and called me later and said, Mom, what does frostbite look like? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So make sure you protect your own hand okay. if mm-hmm. you're holding it on. Good call. Good call. Mm-hmm. What else? A CPR barrier or a breathing uh, barrier, a yeah. pocket mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You never know when you're going to have to do CPR. And if it's a stranger, you really would like to have some sort of barrier. Yeah. And I wonder if uh, COVID heightened sad at all too well are people getting more scared in training um doing practice breathing is optional i mean if the Mm -hmm. person doesn't want to do it that's fine with me right i didn't even think about that like the number of people who are willing to step in and and it was already help somebody with cpr (laughs) because well even with covid you can still do compressions right which is the main recommendation now anyway i remember learning that in your class Hands only. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's really no reason not to to do CPR, but you can choose not to do the breaths. And that's fine. Uh But start compressions until somebody gets there. Okay. Okay. And And your recommendation is is 
if you've done any studying of CPR and you don't feel like you remember it perfectly right, that doesn't mean you shouldn't give it exactly. a go. Exactly. Press hard and fast on the center of the chest. Yeah, and, and to a tempo, you know, staying mm-hmm. alive, mm-hmm. music, beat. There's so many. You yeah. can Google CPR songs. Yeah. And there's a ton of them out and there. And you will know one of them. <laughs> I think that, that's a recommendation I'm going to make. And, and, I, and it's a joke leading into this. That should be your traveling playlist is all these CPR songs. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh a good cool idea. Well, some of them are very interesting. Uh, girls just want to have fun. Yeah. It's the right beat. And the one I but really you're saving someone. That's and the, well, the one I really think is kind of hysterical is another one bites the dust. Oh my gosh! <laughs> don't so don't sing the song in your head. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning this. Don't sing it in your head or out music loud. only, no vocals. <laughs> right, right. Hum it and hope they don't write, know what you're doing. We'll uh, we'll add that playlist in the uh, show notes as well. You're gonna have to make it. <laughs> but the, the main song that we all promote is "Staying Alive." Because that's the hope. That's the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so sterile bandages, uh, four by four pads, uh, eye covering with a means of attachment, eye wash. It doesn't hurt to have some sterile water if you're like hiking somewhere and you're not near water. Yeah. To wash all. It wash does something. such a great job. Just if it's sterile water, it's just a great job of cleaning. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what do they call it? The the world's number one solution or solvent, yeah. solvent. Yeah. Anyways, and yeah. it's most recommended for uh, as antibacterial. Antibacterial. The first thing they tell you is soap and water. Soap and yeah. water. Yeah. Okay. Um, we talked about butterfly uh, splints, butterfly closures. Hey, I have a question on soap. There's got to be some recommendation on, on what kind of soap to use because there's. I mean, I would figure all these perfumed and, and heavy lathering soaps aren't necessarily what you're going for. Like, would you want a specific type? I have not heard of anybody saying one is better or worse than well, the other. I'm using oatmeal soap then. Go for it. <laughs> so the, the, I'm using Red Bud Suds. Well, I think I'll use yeah. lava and grind a little stuff yeah, into it. Pumice <laughs> will be great. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Yeah. I use I use only heavy lye based soap. There you go. <laughs> hey, <laughs> a collapsible cup. A collapsible ah, that's a good cup idea. with your water when if you have a diabetic emergency, you want to stir up the sugar packets or the mm-hmm. flavored sugar drink mm-hmm. so that they can drink that. Now, if they can't drink, you can also put a little sugar under the tongue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to let it dissolve. Yeah. Okay. Get them on the pathway to discover to recovery. And it's amazing how fast a diabetic can pull out of a diabetic emergency with a little sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, we've used it on at a day camp for Cub Scouts, and we had a kid. He started, we started losing him. He had a sip of a sugared drink, and within a minute, yeah, he's back playing he, capture the flag. But at that point, you need to get them more than that. I mean, that yes, one sip yeah, or sugar yeah, he, under the tongue isn't going to fix them. That's true. It's not in true. It's not just a sip. We had him drink some, and that's one thing you want to keep encouraging them to drink as long as they're able to. Um, until they're back to normal because mm-hmm. then you're getting that blood sugar level back in up. a situation where you're looking at diabetic shock and you pull them through and they're coming back to normal are you still saying we got you feeling pretty good you think you're 100 percent? do we still get you checked out i would hold them and let them rest for a while 20 30 minutes uh-huh. just to make sure that you know you want to make sure the sugar level is back up that they're cognizant of what's going on mm-hmm. and 
that they're breathing okay, everything's normal. Okay. And they may be a little tired too. It's yeah. kind of like after a seizure. You want to give them time to rest because they come back really tired. Yeah, your body just does mm-hmm. all the things and mm-hmm. then gets. And you never hold anybody down during a seizure because those muscles are contracting at such a high degree they can of hurt energy. Themselves so much more. They can break their own bones. Do exactly. not hold them down. Do not put anything in their mouth. Right. I feel like that's that's something that I even learned when I was a kid yeah. was, oh, you put a spoon in their mm-hmm. mouth or whatever. Right. Um, one of my best friends growing up was epileptic. So I learned, you know, the proper way. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people right. who, who don't know anybody, you know, just remember that childhood training of put something in their mouth. Don't well, do that. <laughs> talking right. about first aid kits, there used to be bite sticks <sighs> in first aid kits. I mean. That wasn't just for amputations? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm I, we we've learned things. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we need to adapt. <laughs> well, it's like the old uh snake bite kits. Mm-hmm. Where you take the little razor, make the little X and suck out the the venom or you mm-hmm. would um I got it. Had a little suction tube where you'd put the suction tube over the cut and s- supposedly right. suction out the venom. Okay, but Speaking of that, we just put that on our gift guide or some kind of a guide. Bug bite. It, but that's, a bug but bite that's just thing. for bug bites. Oh, Can okay. we do that for bug bites? It's like a little plunger and it's like mosquito bites and bee stings and stuff like that. And it just sucks out here's, the little. Here's my take on that. To me, your face is cracking me up. Yeah, to me, this fits in the category of it. It probably doesn't do more harm, but if it's a placebo, your mind think, makes you think you're it better. It works you're though. I love placebos. I do. Okay, if it's a bee sting and the stinger is still in it, right. you're recommended to take a hard object and scrape it off. I don't know that the suction thing will actually pull the stinger out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. The one thing you don't want to do is grab it with your fingers and squeeze and pull it because right. you're squeezing more venom. Yeah. In. And then you wash it with soap and water and put ice on it. I do baking soda mixed with water on it. Baking soda is and it's good supposed to take for the- yeah, baking soda is good for. Um, I'd use it for jellyfish. Jellyfish, and stuff. jellyfish. Yeah. yeah, that in a hot shower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And pee. No, <laughs> I don't care. But what I that saw f- it on a friend's on episode. A friend's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was true because I'd grown up, you know, living in San Antonio. You can hear stuff from the coast, right? Okay, so I, that needs to be the next time you come. We need to do the greatest first debunking. aid myths yeah. that we all grew up knowing. Um, and why they're not true. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. We've hit a couple of them, but I bet there's tons that you have to repeat over and over again when you do these classes <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're just like, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not 1950. <laughs> We've had a crazy year with COVID and with weather events and things like that. Have we learned anything? Have we updated on how to be prepared? You know, for, for our viewers. <laughs> I just... I would say masks and gloves. Okay. Make yeah. sure you've got both, especially if you're willing to stop and render aid mm-hmm. or at the campsite or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely mask and gloves. Um, get your vaccine because mm-hmm. that's going to help so much. Um, as far as RVing, <laughs> I wish I had a generator in my house <laughs> like I would have had on the RV. Yes. Because the power outages are so horrible. Um, and it's weird to say a generator is kind of a first aid 
potential yeah, but it can consideration, be. but it totally can be. We were having talks with people who had um, oxygen concentrators in their home. Right. Mm-hmm. And these people are on oxygen all the time and without electricity, they don't have oxygen. Um, you have- and if you and, and this is another pitch for if you have a health issue where you might need a device like that, you shouldn't just keep yourself away at your house. That shouldn't hamstring you so you don't explore the wild mm, and natural yeah. settings. So if you can prepare with a generator or something like that to still use your equipment in your RV setting, mm-hmm. folks, your travels and your ventures should not be done just because you need equipment. All right. There's a lot of traveling mm-hmm. uh, oxygen mm-hmm. tanks. And now with diabetic port or patches and things, mm-hmm. you can get out there. Uh, just you know, make sure with diabetes, make sure you're you're preparing your meals and you have backup plans and things right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, make sure that you have your phone charged. Uh, when we lost power, it was people sitting out in their cars charging their phones. Mm-hmm. There's no way to call nine one one if something happened. Mm-hmm. So that's actually how a lot of the really hospitalizations bad. happened: yeah. is people trying to charge their cell phones in their car and not understanding that. Carbon monoxide. You need uh, you need air. Right. Yeah. Um, which it, is, I mean, it's unfortunate because it's one, it, again, it's one of those things that people just don't think about. They don't realize, but definitely cause some hospitalizations and some. Yeah. And, and we used to feel like that was common knowledge. I don't want to say common sense because anything dealing with, with gases that you can't see, can't smell, that, that's not, that's not common sense. That's, we used to feel like it's common knowledge. Everyone knew about car exhaust mm-hmm. everyone knew about generator exhaust everyone knew about propane burning things inside but because so many of us in our current generations and urban settings and things like that have never had to approach these scenarios mm-hmm. it is no longer common it knowledge. seems like just like a movie thing yeah you know mm-hmm. like something you see in yeah. movies and yeah that's not real yeah, yeah. so huh, yeah good question okay now what about as people are starting to pull their RVs out of storage and get everything ready for their trips and their plans and all that? Do you have any ideas on how to prepare yourself, your body for travel and what to do as you're traveling to keep yourself Ooh, elevation? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you're going to a higher elevation, make sure that you give yourself time to acclimate, you know, going to the top of Pikes Peak, you may not breathe like normal. Hmm. So be prepared to take it a little slower. Your body will acclimate, but it can take some time when you've traveled right. up into the mountains. Right. And and it's and be really conscious of what your body's doing because you people can have elevation altitude sickness even if they are on foot climbing mm-hmm. to higher elevations at a certain speed. Totally. And and it people die from altitude sickness because it confuses your lack of oxygen Uh messes with your thinking ability Mm -hmm. and so you may not be aware of a danger Mm -hmm. of the edge of the cliff is closer than you thought it was right or something like that so that you have to give yourself time to um acclimate if you feel yourself a little foggy in the thought process that's a good indication that you're not at your best Mm -hmm. Go take it easy. Go back to the camp and rest and, and get your body back into tune and acclimated to that mm-hmm. that degree of, of lack of oxygen. Yeah. What else would someone do as they're getting ready for their trips? Would they should would you recommend uh, 
taking more walks would you recommend mm-hmm. would you recommend uh preparing in other ways my daughter and i were getting ready to go uh hike the grand canyon mm-hmm. we were going to go down bright angel trail catch a raft and do whitewater rafting so we went on walks carrying our backpacks we waited them down mm-hmm. to get the body ready um on that trip we were all prepared with water and food and we were drinking water as we went down but it was july and we were along the cliff side uh-huh. and i bet it was 120 sure, or better along sure. that wall well those cliffs are basically a big old ceramic sponge mm-hmm. absorbing the heat and, yeah. le- and leaching it back out at you exactly so we were almost down to to the water to the raft when my daughter collapsed and i had been making sure and she wasn't a little kid she was in her 20s mm-hmm. 30s i think she was in her 30s anyway she'd been drinking her water but she hadn't been eating and what I learned about that is a disease called rhabdomyolysis. I've heard of rhabdo. Like, that's bad stuff. It's bad stuff. As a matter of fact, they told us they'd had two hikers die, in the one in, one in each mm-hmm. previous two weeks. Mm-hmm. And these were healthy young guys. Mm-hmm. The thing with rhabdo is if you're not eating and drinking enough, then as you're exercising, especially in the heat, the body starts taking it's fuel from the organs it in your body. Eating it eats its muscles. Yeah, ah. this happens a lot with weightlifters. Mm-hmm. If and if they're hitting it too hard, or if they haven't been lifting in a while, they take a break or something like that, and they they come back and they try to lift like they used to. Mm-hmm. That mindset puts a lot of bodybuilders and weightlifters in. The and hospital. it happens that fast. Mm-hmm. Within yeah, real fast. Wow! Between the heat and the exercise. And we even started carrying, you know, offered to carry her backpack. But when she went down, our guide, um, he called for help. And they went and got the uh, park ranger, who was also an RN, Mm -hmm. and brought her down. And that was their biggest concern. So instead of getting on the raft, we hiked back up to the halfway point to the ranger station, which was a clinic. And this was so common. And yet most of us who think about hiking anywhere, it doesn't matter where, we aren't rhabdo is not on anyone's mind whatsoever but it's common enough that they it was one of their first concerns and i'd never heard of it until then Mm -hmm. and so we had to it was nighttime by the time we got there and she had to be medevaced out of the canyon to the hospital where they you know the nurse actually at the clinic started her on IVs, mm-hmm. started and giving her food and giving her IV fluids. I've heard of people taking like days mm-hmm. before they're released from this because they're so scared of what the body can do to itself. Fortunately, when we got air medevaced out and we got to the clinic, the doctors checked her out and she was released that day. Wow. But it was kind of scary. The next time, yeah. next summer, we rebooked our trip and we went in at the top of the canyon and went all the way through the canyon and got airlifted out at the other end. So we didn't have to hike Bright Angel again. No, wait a second. <laughs> Why were you airlifted out at that time? On because, purpose? Because that's the, the way they take you out. You don't go all the way that through the planned. canyon. Yeah, that's okay. good airlifting, <laughs> part of the trip. You never know what Terry. <laughs> well, I actually got to ride out on the helicopter with Heather because here I am thinking, only the patient gets to go. And so I'm thinking, okay, she's got to go. I got to get her father come back. He had gone on mm-hmm. a trip after he dropped us off. I got to hike myself out. How do I get back? And uh, I had gotten a little dizzy, so our, our uh, guide told the nurse, and she got a little dizzy. So she's checking me out. Well, I have this little funky arrhythmia in my heart. And so she's got me on the You got EKG. a golden ticket. And she looks at me, <laughs> are you all right? Yeah, yeah I'm fine. <laughs> 
She looks at the EKG machine. Are you all right? I said, yeah. I said, oh, and by the way, I have this little funky rhythm going on. She goes, well, you just got a golden ticket. Right. You get to fly out uh -huh. too. So Aww. we got to fly out on an army or a military helicopter. And then I got to fly out on another helicopter. Yeah. I've flown a helicopter over Grand Canyon. I've seen it up there. I've seen it down here and I've seen it down there. <laughs> nice, but not the right way to do it, Terry. Not that trip. The next one was much better. It's like the green eggs and ham of Grand Canyon trips. Yeah. Now, we talked about some things, just you and I, before we turn on the mics, on what you do while you're traveling to take care of yourself. Um, eat right. Rest. When, I know when we take our camper out and we get to our campsite, uh -huh. we set up, and I'm the driver. I walk. Right. I get out and I walk that campsite because, number one, you don't want to sit for long periods of time. The body is not actually supposed to no, sit no. in that position for that long. I just came back from a trip yesterday and it was three and a half hours in the car and I didn't stop once. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, when I got here, I, I couldn't figure out why I was so tired when mm -hmm. I didn't even do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's exhausting. But you also risk deep vein thrombosis blood clots in your legs. Yeah, she's using big words and th that's scary stuff. It is. And that's, you know, what they tell you on long plane flights, get up and walk mm -hmm. or wiggle your feet or do something. Yeah. Because blood is not meant to sit still. Mm -hmm. If it slows down, it, it clots. Right. So you want to make sure you're trying to stay in motion. If it's a long, you're on a long haul, stop every so often and walk, get out and walk around the camper. Right. Um, but you don't want to be sitting in, in one position for any long period of time. Right. And we, we in our culture, our travel culture, particularly us guys, but I don't think it's it's a, by much of a margin. I think it's all, all of us. We're like, we made good time. And, yes. by, and by saying we Let's made good time. Let's get there. Yeah. We're talking like I drove five all to seven night. hours yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we could be paying a real high cost for this goal that isn't even necessary like pj always says you don't uh win any races by writing first or something like that i don't know i'm sorry what did she say <laughs> sure that's it no, what is it then? i don't know but something <laughs> along those lines you don't you don't get a trophy for getting there first yeah but I've done that, too. And the kids are all asleep in the car. I just keep on going. Right. Yeah. Right. Because peaceful driving. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes sense. Um, but just make sure you're stopping and stretching your legs. Like, mm -hmm. it, you don't have to make it a, you know. It's not a marathon. Run a mile and yeah. then get back in the car. Just, you know, move. Yeah. Absolutely. And you'll feel better. You'll have more energy. And it's nice. I love getting out and looking at all the other campers and walking sure. through that park and seeing the beauty of the park and the amenities. Yeah, I would only worry if I were actually Terry Lucas and I did that. I would worry because the way things happen in your life, my first you're going to find an yeah, injured person. You're going to find an injured person on like your, on, on your, your first lap. I can't even go to a restaurant. <laughs> the, uh, a few years ago. I don't know if I've told you this. We were, I won't name the restaurant, but we were at a restaurant <laughs> and I had one of the babies, the grandbabies, and I left the diaper bag in the car because we weren't going to be there that long. And I'm sitting there, my, my husband's finishing, the baby's fine, and I get this thought, go get the diaper bag. And I'm arguing and, with and, myself. Yeah, and you're like, the baby doesn't even smell yet. We're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm arguing my head, I don't need the diaper bag. Go get the diaper bag. So I looked at my husband and said, watch the baby. I'm going to go get the diaper bag. When I got up, I'm still, why am I doing this? And I walked to the front door. The table right across from the front door has an older couple sitting there. Mm 
And I look at her, she's in a wheelchair and she's got water coming out of her mouth and her nose and a big capsule on the table in front of her. And I think, oh my gosh, she's choking on her medication. And I look at her and I go, are you getting any air? You're supposed to say, are you choking? Are you getting any air? And she looks at me, she goes, shakes her head, no. I said, okay, I'm gonna help. And I go around and there's no way I can do the Heimlich the chair. around her and the chair. Uh-huh. Now, if someone is pregnant or obese, and you can't get your hands around the middle, you come right up in the chest, right in the middle of the chest and pull straight back. Mm -hmm. Well, I couldn't even get to that. So I came around, I looked at her and I said, are you still not getting any air? And now you could see the panic in her eyes. So I took the heel of my hand and I pushed it against the center of her chest about three times. It opened up her airway, we cleared it up and she was fine. How many lives do you think you've saved? I just like that's to think, a hard question. That, yeah, <laughs> I just like to think I was just at the right place at the right time. I know, but like you have so many stories like that, and it's so awesome. I guess like, yeah, just the universe and and uh, the powers that be just like know that you can, so they put you in the right spots. But that's really cool. I do pray that if I am in those spots, that it's a good outcome. Yeah, yeah. Before we let you go, I'd like to just mention to anyone who's listening, if you're ever in the Central Texas area and you would like some first aid training, if you would like to meet Terry to, I don't know, go to coffee with her, any of these things, <laughs> look up Terry Lucas, look up her business. It is Cardiac with a K, Cardiac with a K, lifesavers.com. You can, you can get some training. You can get certified. You can get CPR training for your business mm-hmm. um, or for your coworkers, which is always good. And if mm-hmm. you have people coming in and out of your business, they need to know how to mm-hmm. save people. And we did it here. We need to do it again. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, she makes it um, as fun as it can be. And you will hear some right. stories. <laughs> and she's and she's not just teaching the one-offs. And, and if you have kids, perfectly go, go for it. She has training for parents and people who babysit. But she is trusted by local police departments and fire departments and EMS departments. They come to her to re-up on their training. So this is not low-level stuff, all right? Look up Terry Lucas. Look up Cardiac with a K, Cardiac Lifesavers. If you're passing through Texas, if you're in Central Texas, if you're coming to see us at Princess Craft, make make a additional va- high value stop here. Yeah, and if you just want a demonstration, you know, yeah. you have a group. If you want to be a demonstration, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite mean it like that. <laughs> I have a mannequin. You don't have to be the mannequin. All right. <laughs> Although I know I've threatened that with you a few times. Uh, yeah, I'm going to knock you out, Clint. <laughs> I used to teach it in class when I taught at middle school. Mm-hmm. And uh, all kidding here, I would tell the kid, if he was giving me trouble, I'm going to kill you. I'll bring you back, but I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Do that again. I'll bring you back. <laughs> You're going to see the light. Don't walk to it. Oh, my you- <laughs> gosh. That's so funny. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much for coming in. And as you know, you are going to get another invite. We're going to have another idea to talk about. So thank you wait. again. Um, all the best to, to you and to Marty and the kids and the grandkids. And I hope that you have some trips coming up. Me too. I love being out there on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, don't forget, if you're listening to us, again, our sponsor, Truck Camper Magazine, they would get behind all this that we've talked about today as well, because truck camper folks and people who like truck camper folks, you guys get way out there. 
and you know that if you're out there experiencing the best that the nation has to offer in national parks or or blm land or what have you you need need to be prepared truck camper magazine serves those kind of people this type of content also serves that kind of lifestyle so uh thank you truck camper magazine look them up truckcampermagazine.com there are a lot of places you can get in touch with us you can stay in touch with us you can really join the rv small talk community first up is rv small talk community page on facebook so just search for rv small talk community we love seeing pictures of your camping trips we love when you ask us questions speaking of questions if you have any questions for us or for terry uh send them over to our new email address at questions at prince no that's wrong questions at rvsmalltalk.com that is again questions at rvsmalltalk.com you know it doesn't have to be a question no no if you have a question bring it on but we also want to hear your stories we want to hear suggestions for mm-hmm. future podcasts we want to hear what you want clint to wear on the next recording um <laughs> what <laughs> our, our next facebook live yeah silly hat silly sure. hat day why not we do a Facebook Live every Friday at noon at that RV Small Talk community page. Mm-hmm. I know that was a lot of information, but we really appreciate you guys. Um, five star or any star review on Apple Podcasts, but we mm-hmm. certainly love five. And keep in touch. We just, we're trying to build a community here and we want to hear from you guys. So let us know what you're up to. If I may jump in, we have one more way for them to contact us. Oh, and we that do? is our new Google voice number where they Ooh, can call us. Fancy. And ask a question or comment or all the above that you just mentioned. And then we can put it on air? Right. If it's if it's nice. something that, that uh, we are, you know, wanting to, to address, well, how about we just let them use their own voice to ask it or tell us? Have we gotten any voicemails yet? Not yet. Oh, uh, come on. Let Small me give talk that number. community. That number is... 512-843-1311. Again, that number is 512-843-1311. And we know you're driving, you're pulling that trailer, you're on your way to your next destination. So just call us and leave us a message. Tell us where you're going. Absolutely. So from all of us to you uh, here at the RV Small Talk Podcast and here at the wilds of Princess Craft RV in Round Rock, Texas, thanks for joining us this episode and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm having flashbacks. When I was a kid, my mom had a TV show in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, I remember you talking about this. Your mom had a TV show? Yeah, did you not listen to the last episode we did with her? It was a long time ago. This was like like the original HEB. Pretty close. What? She did a cooking show sponsored by H-E-B. And she did um, a radio, what's, I forgot what it's called now, but we did radio commercials. So I was on TV commercials for H-E-B and I did radio spots. So, I, you know what's cool? What would be cool is to live life in such a way that, that you have stories like Terry. You I know? just want a story that has to do with H-E-B. 
well, I, I mean, love I, I say that, but Terry, a lot of your stories have blood and guts and stitches. <laughs> well, when I teach my first aid, I, I have a story for every subject we teach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's funny is you didn't go out looking for these stories. These stories happened and then you started teaching the stuff. Mm -hmm. And some of them happened after you started teaching sure. stuff. But uh, you did not go out looking for stories. Stories came to you to to better your teaching it gives Moments. validity. Yes. Right. When I say we need to stop bleeding, I can tell you I've stopped bleeding. Do they, do people ever question eventually in your classes like, now, wait a second. That's literally a story for everything. Are you sure this is all true? Do they ever like? No. I mean, no, they don't question me. And that's just the deal is that your stories are so detailed. And, <laughs> and <laughs> well, another good I've heard if you lie, you have to have a good memory. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. really yeah. true. So I don't must not have a good memory because the stories are always the same in every class. Yeah. Well, I was a really bad liar when I was a kid because I didn't understand that did you, you have to like <laughs> keep, keep up. No, practice makes now I perfect. Just, now I just don't lie because it's too hard. It is. It's way too it hard. Is. I don't have time for that. And that and somebody will say, is that the truth? Yeah, like I have time to sit around and make this stuff up. Right. Your time is valuable, so is mine. <laughs> How does that benefit anybody?